Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. So I, I want to talk about this principle because, you know, most Christians go, of course I put God first. But the question is, do we really put God first? And so today I, w- I want to eyeball you on this because if you put God first this year, I guarantee you that 2023 will be, ge- will be the beginning of the best years of your life. No matter what your circumstances are, no matter what challenges you and I are facing, the reality is when we make that step to say, I will put God first in everything, everything begins to change. So let's read a couple of passages of Scripture just to get a a bit of a background on this topic. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God. How many people know? It doesn't say, but seek the kingdom of God. It says, but seek first... First, first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. How many people know that the starting point here is that we seek first the kingdom of God and then the things happen around about us. In fact, if you read the context of this, it's actually talking about food and clothes and the normal things, shelter, that we also uh, we all definitely want to have in our lives, the things that we seek after, the things we work for. But the Bible's very clear that if we want to have those things, as Christians, we seek first the kingdom of God, and then He gives us those things. The question really is, is are we paying off our house or is God paying off our house? The question is, are we buying our clothes, or is God buying our clothes? Now, I know you physically go to the shop and buy things, but the key is here, are we seeking God first and relying on His provision in our lives, or are we trying to do it ourselves? In other words, am I a self-made man, or am I a God-made man? And I want to tell you today, I'm not a self-made man. Some people say, oh, how did you have all this success with metamorphic? Let me tell you the secret. It's him. It's Jesus. It's got nothing to do with me. I just put myself in the right position. If I seek first the kingdom of God, then he adds these things to me. Well, there's another passage of scripture that I want to look at in Proverbs chapter 3, in verses 9 and 10. I'm sure many of you have read this many times. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions. So that's our stuff, okay? And with the first fruits not the leftovers, but with the first fruits of all of your increase. Now, here's the result. Get this. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. What do these two passages have in common? The thing that they have in common is they both have a promise attached to them. That if you seek God first, if you bring your first fruits to God... He will bless you. He will fill your barns. He will give you all the things that you need in life. I don't know about you, but I would like to rely on God and not our government. I would like to rely on God and not my employer, even though he is actually my employer, so I am relying on him. I, I, I uh, I would like to rely on God instead of the bank. I would like to rely on God instead of circumstances. I would like to put God first so that those things come under God and he's the one that begins to bless me. And so the thing is when we put God first in our lives, everything comes into right order. I want you to hear this at the start of 2023. If you want your life to be in right order this year, then put God first. 
Put God first in your family and he'll bless your family. Put God first in your marriage and he will bless your marriage. Put God first in your business and he will bless your business. The principle of first is quite simple, that wherever you put God first, there his blessing is in the midst. If we put God first in this church, how many people know, we will be blessed in this church. It's the principle of first. And you might go, well, yeah, we all know this, we're Christians, we put God first, but you know what? I just wonder whether we do a lot of the time. And so I want you to ask yourself that question. Am I doing... And at the end of this, I want to give you a chance to say, you know what, today, I'm going to put God in his rightful place. I'm going to put God first in my giving, in my worship, in my attitude, in my direction, in every area of life. See, the principle of first is incredibly important to God. And I'm going to tell you why in a little while. But it's very, very important. This is more important than just about anything else that you and I need to know. But with that in mind, let's go back to Exodus. Because you see, the Bible is full of the principle of first. And the more I talk, I'm going to read another two or three passages of Scripture. But I could read passages from every book in the Bible and multiple uh, passages that talk about the principle of first. It starts in Genesis and it finishes in Revelation. There is not one book in the Bible that does not mention it. But we'll skip forward from Genesis to Exodus just so we can have a bit of an understanding. It says this in Exodus 13 verses 1 and 2. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Consecrate to me, all right, set apart for me, uh, all the firstborn. Which born? The firstborn. Yes, you guys, you should be on a quiz show. You're brilliant, geniuses. It says, put aside the firstborn, not the secondborn, not the leftovers. Can you hear me, church? Don't give God leftovers. Don't give God seconds. We give God the first, the first fruits, the first 10%. You know, when we talk about tithing, it's not just give God 10%. In fact, you don't give God anything when you tithe because we bring the tithe that belongs to him. It doesn't actually belong to us. So the first 10% belongs to him. And so we bring that. We don't give him the second. How many people know that's a mistake? Huh? Amen? Go on, do we know this church? Seriously? Because it belongs to him. It's not us. In fact, when we bring our tithe, we haven't given anything. We haven't even started giving. All we've done is bring to him and you're going to see why, why this, this is so true in this passage of Scripture. Because it goes on, it says, uh, bring, bring me uh, the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast. Then he says, it is mine. How's that? God says, bring me the firstborn. What does he say then? It is mine. It's mine. This is what he's saying. How many people have ever had a two-year-old? Yeah, you know, and when they get to two and they go, someone takes their toy, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. I mean, I hate hearing that, those words. Well, God's not being a spoilt brat. He's just telling you exactly what the truth is. This does belong to him. And he's saying, bring me the first fruits, bring me the firstborn, bring me the first 10% because it's mine. It's mine. So we haven't given anything. All we've done is bring to him what belongs to him. It's the first chicken. I don't mean when you go to Coles and you bought three chickens, you have to kill one for God. I don't mean that, although they're usually dead when you buy them at Coles, aren't they? <laughs> Forgot about that, they're frozen. Some of them look like they've been dead for a long time, actually. But anyway, it's the first chicken, it's the first lamb, it's the first paycheck, it's the first commission for the year, it's the first, God says, it's mine, it's mine, and if you bring me what is mine, 
I will bless you. And so God says it's mine. It's the, as I said, it's the first 10%. It belongs to him. But this passage goes on, and we won't read the rest of it, but if you're interested to know what happens here, read the rest of Exodus chapter 13. Because what he says is, everything that is clean, so the clean animals were things like turtle doves and, and lambs. He says, I want the firstborn. But if it's unclean, like a donkey... He says, if it's, if it's a donkey, if it's an unclean animal, then I want you to either you lose the donkey, you lose what you just gained, or give me one of the clean animals, like make a sacrifice, kill a lamb, and that will redeem the donkey. So what does that mean? What it means is, if you want to keep the donkey, and by the way, donkeys are pretty cool in that day and age, it's like having a car. You know, you can transport things around. So if I'm looking at lamb, donkey, lamb, donkey, I want the donkey because it does stuff. The lamb, well, on Australia Day, it's pretty good because you've got cutlets, you've got a leg of lamb, you've got, you know, lamb patty burgers. You know what I bought the other day for Julie? She didn't appreciate it, but they were lamington lamb burgers. I, don't, I know, the idea appealed to me. I don't like lamb, but anyway, it was minced up lamb with soy sauce in it, rolled in coconut. It looked like a lamington. It tasted like a lamington. For all intents and purposes, it was a, a lamington with hairy wool all over it. That's what it was. So anyway, that's got nothing to do with my message, but I thought you'd be interested to know that. And so the lamb, what would happen is if you had a donkey, which is an unclean animal, what would happen is you'd have to make a sacrifice with a lamb so that the donkey could be redeemed and live. How many people are following the story? Because it sounds common, doesn't it? It sounds very common to you and I, because you and I were born unclean. We were the unclean animals. And what happened? God sent his only son, the Lamb of God, to make a sacrifice so that you and I could be redeemed from the curse of sin and the curse of poverty and the curse of sickness and be brought into his kingdom and flourish and prosper in Jesus' name. Amen? Come on, this is good news. This is great news because God gives us a way to take the unclean and turn it into something that's redeemed. I don't know about you, but I was born unclean. Anyone else with me? I wasn't born perfect. I wasn't born... I was born in the image of God, but I didn't have the character of God. And here's the thing. I needed someone to pay that price because I was like a donkey. How many people... Look at the person next to you. Have a look at them. Do any of them look a little bit donkey-like? Just... <laughs> Look at them go, hee-haw, hee-haw. Come on, come on. I want to hear a few hee-haws. No, okay. I, I thought it was fun. You, you guys don't like action songs either, I gather. <laughs> but here's the thing. You see, we needed to be redeemed. And this is the principle here, is the principle of first, is when it's a clean thing, you give the first, not the second lamb, not the third lamb, not the ugly lamb, not the lamb that runs away and is naughty and, and wheeze on the next door neighbor's front mat or something like that. It simply is the first one is the one that you give. But when it comes to the unclean, you didn't even have to actually sacrifice your first lamb. You could do any lamb because it was clean and you had the redemption of a donkey. I like that. I really do. How many people feel a little bit less donkey-like now that I've told you that? So here's the thing. Uh, there's a couple of things I want us to, to learn from this. Uh, well, actually, one more passage before we... I won't read the passage, but I'll tell you the story, just so that we can understand this is all the way through the Bible. Do you remember when, uh, when uh, the children of Israel went into the Promised Land and they were going to Jericho? 
And most of us remember the story of, uh, of Jericho as the place where they marched around seven times and the walls fell down. And that's a great sermon and it's true and it's what the passage of Scripture talks about. But how many people know there are layers? There are many other things that God spoke about in that whole process. And one of the things he said to them was, he said, when you go into Jericho, I want you to go in there and I want you to get all the gold, all the silver, all of the treasure, and I want you to bring it into my house. Now, why? Because Jericho was the first city in the promised land. And God is always first. And he said, I want you to give me everything from the first city. The reason was because if they gave what they got from the first city, he was going to bless them and help them in war as they went into the other cities and make sure that they had the victory and they would all prosper for generations to come. But we know the story. You can read about it in Joshua chapter 6 and chapter 7. They went in and they plundered and they took the silver and the gold. They did exactly that and they brought most of it, not all of it, into the house of God. There was a guy named Achan. He decided he'd keep a bit on the side just for a rainy day or something like that. And then they went into the next city thinking they were going to win the battle and God would be with them and they got their butts kicked. They got an absolute flogging. They got whipped. They were beaten. They were like, I don't know, I was trying to think of a, a bad NRL team, but I don't know which one's bad. One of those teams that never wins, you know. They absolutely got flogged. And then Joshua comes to, to God and he says, well, why weren't you with us? You brought us into this land. Why didn't you help us? And he said, because you didn't do what I told you to do. I told you how to be blessed, but you decided to do it in your own strength. You decided to do it your way. And here's the thing for you and I. We've got to decide, do we do it God's way or do we do it our way? And I want to tell you from experience that when you do it God's way, he brings and commands the blessing in your life. I don't want to be a self-made man. I want to be a God-made man. Because when you're a God-made man, he pays the bills. When you're a God-made man, he's the one that opens the doors. When you're a God-made man, you can plant 8,540 churches and know that you'll get to a million unless he comes back beforehand. You see, what we know there is that they got defeated when they went to the next city. Now, what was happening there? Well, the thing is, if they had given God what they should have, then they would have had everything else redeemed in the future. Every other city they would have plundered and the gold and the silver would have blessed them. But they went the long way about it. So I just want to give you just three or four points or six or however many I feel like giving you. I don't know. I've got a few written down. I think I'm going to blend some of them. Uh, and I want to tell you a story as part of this as well. And then I want to give you an opportunity. And understand this. I'm not here today because I'm going to try and coerce you to put money in the first fruits offering because it doesn't make much difference to my life whatsoever. But I care enough about this church and about you to say, hey, I want to open your eyes to something that could revolutionise your life. And the reason I'm here talking about this is this is where we live. You see, you don't plant 8,540 churches unless you put God first. You don't raise the funds to do that unless you put God first. You see, we've had to put many things to the side that we could have done or wanted to done or maybe some people thought we should have done but we didn't. We put Jesus first. We make sure Jesus is first in our ministry and first in our lives. As I said before, we're not perfect but one thing we do know is he comes first and when you understand that, he commands the blessing and I'll tell you a bit more about what I mean by that in a moment. So the first thing I want to say is when you bring to God the first fruits, 
And that includes the first 10%. So if you're tithing, it's the first 10%. You go, does it really matter? It absolutely does matter to God. And I'll show you why in a moment. You see, when you bring God the first fruits and the first 10%, he redeems the rest. That simply means this, that when you bring the first 10%, the next 90% is blessed by God. How many people know that 90% blessed by God is a lot better than 100% that's not blessed by God? Does everyone get that? I would rather have 90% blessed by God than 100% that doesn't have his blessing on it. And this is true with the first fruits too. The scripture is full of first fruits. Now, there is a difference between tithing and first fruits, and I'll get to that at the end of the message. The reality is we should tithe and we should bring first fruits or other offerings. They are different things. But in this case here, we're talking about a first fruits offering. So the thing we know from this is we don't give to the bank what belongs to God. Does everyone get, get this? You go, but I'm still going to give God 10%. Now, you see, when you do your budget... When you do your budget, the first thing you put in there, if you, if you do do a budget, is you put 10% in. That belongs to God because it belongs to him. And then you go, I've got 90% left, so I can do what I like with that. Then you put in you know, your bank. Then you put in Toyota because you've got a Land Cruiser, 300 series or something really cooler. But how many people know that you don't give God's money to the bank because the bank doesn't have the power to redeem the rest of your finance? You see, Toyota don't have the power to redeem the rest of your funds. The only one that can redeem the 90% is God himself. And the only way that happens is when we put him first. It's first fruits. It's the first 10%. It's the first in every area. And so we want his redemption. So the next thing I want to say, second point, and this is the one that really may help you to understand this, uh, or certainly helps me to understand this fully, and that is simply this. God is first. Wow, that was pretty good, wasn't it? You like that? God is first. Now, let me tell you a story, or part of a story, and then I'll come back to why God is first. I remember in 1991, some of you weren't born, and many of you are that old now that you can't remember 1991. Um, So there's probably only three or four people here that go, 1991, it was a good year, I remember that. Well, 1991 was an amazing year. I remember... Julie and I planted a church. It was one of many churches we'd planted at that time, but we planted this particular church. And I remember as we planted it, we didn't have anything. We'd, uh, I remember we'd sold a house that we had in Melbourne, in Victoria. We'd moved to New South Wales. And after all of that and all the preparation to start a church, uh, we had about $5,000 left. And on the way to this uh, country town in New South Wales, we blew the motor on a car and our fridge broke down and I think we had a net amount of $30 left out of our 5000 bucks. So here we are, planning a church. Fortunately, we paid our rent for a month in advance. And we're starting this church with $30 in our pocket. And I remember looking out the back and Julie said, what are we going to do? There's no fence. And we've got 18-month-old kids and they want to go outside. So I spent the $30 on a little bit of chook wire and I made a small enclosure, not a cruel enclosure, okay, just to, to keep... <laughs> to keep the kids in, you know, it wasn't like a, a cage and we sort of fed them through the cage or something like that. It wasn't like that, but, but here we, and so we, I bought, they spent the 30 bucks on that. And, uh, and over the next couple of years, we still had nothing. But I remember Julie whinging, not to me, to God. By the way, you've got to whinge, whinge to God. But by the way, oh, this is a positive thing. She said to God, you sent us here. Like, why on earth did you do that? Why did you send us here? Why, why, why do we have to live like this? My husband's an entrepreneur. He could go out and make zillions of dollars, 
which is true, I have the ability to make money, but we made a choice to put God first. And God said, you put me first, and don't worry, I'm going to look after you. I will bless you. You don't need to try and bless yourself. I will bless you. And you go, oh, that's, that's a nice little story. But Julie's frustrated. And so that was it. That was back in 1991. And things began to improve after that, but we still didn't have a house. So now back to God is first. I'll come back to the house thing in a moment. So God is first. So why I want to say that is it doesn't matter what you say about God. You can put God second, but he's still first. You can say God's third, but he's still first. Here's what we need to understand. It doesn't matter what you say or what you do, God is first. And if you want to get blessed, come into agreement with him and begin to celebrate him as the one that is first in every of your life. When you understand the principle of first, everything else works out for good. That's the principle of God. So he is first. So it doesn't matter what you say. You can say whatever you like. Oh, well, God doesn't, he doesn't really need the first 10% of my money. You know, tithing is from the Old Testament. Well, you, you need to read your Bible because it's not New Testament. Uh, sorry, Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. And it's before the Testaments. It's after the Testaments. It's all through the Bible. It's a principle. It's the principle of first and it's the principle of bringing 10%. It's just that simple. And when we put God first, he pours out the blessing on our lives. In Genesis chapter 4, there's a story, and I'm sure you all read this story about Cain and Abel, and a lot of people ask this question, and to me it seems pretty obvious, but I guess there's other reasons that people have for what happened in this story. But as, if you know the story, Cain and Abel both bought an offering. And uh, the Bible tells us clearly that God accepted Abel's offering, but he didn't accept Cain's offering, which I find pretty interesting, because you then got to ask the question, why was that so? Well, it is pretty obvious because Abel, it says, bought him the first. He bought him the best. It was his priority to say, God, you have blessed me and I bring my first to you. And God received that sacrifice. He received that offering. But the Bible says that Cain didn't do that. Cain bought an offering in the process of time. He just sort of said, oh, when I get around to it, I'll tip God. By the way, never tip God. You got it? Don't bother because he doesn't respect your tipping. What he respects is when you put him first in every area of your life. He doesn't want a part of your life. He wants all of it. He wants the first, first section. He wants you to go, your first God. And this is true in our resources as well. So Cain's offering was not respected. It was not accepted. But here's the funny thing about this. You sort of say, that's strange. Why would God do that? Well, see, it's not that God wouldn't receive this offering. It's that God couldn't receive this offering. Because God cannot be second. Do you understand what I'm saying? How many of you can hear what I'm saying? God cannot be second. And when you try and bring something and say, oh, you can have my leftovers, God can't receive it. It doesn't matter even if he wanted to receive it. He can't decide to be second in your life. He can't be second in your finances. He can't be second in your business. He can't be second in your marriage and in your relationships. God is the only place he has is to be first in every area of our lives. That's why Cain's uh, offering was not respected. It wasn't that God wouldn't. It's that he couldn't. You see, if God was to accept that offering, he would be denying himself. He would be saying, you know what? Someone else can be first, and I'll accept second. If Jesus, if God, our Father, if, the Holy, if they really are number one, 
They cannot be number two or anything else. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter whether you give him the first 10% or the third 10%. He's still first. Now, it does matter in terms of opening the blessing of God in your life, but he's still going to be first. Can everyone hear this? Come on, God is first. God is first. He's first in your life. He wants to be first in your life. And he wants to bless you and to help you and give you a breakthrough, but he can only do it when we put him into his rightful position, which is first in our lives. He cannot be second. It would be to deny himself. The third point I want to make is uh, if you put God first or if you build his house, I know it's a bit of a cliche we've heard before, but if you build his house, he'll build your house. So back to our story. Julie's having a whinge. Eh, God, why did you send us here? She didn't actually make a squawking noise like that. I think that was the, ch- the chicken next door. Probably the one from Coles. Back then, they used, we used to pluck them, you know, even from Coles. But anyway, so here, here Julie's going, come on, God, what's going on? And he says, I will look after you. So we had to make a decision because the next week, we weren't rolling in cash. You understand this? So when I talk about the principle of first, doesn't mean, yeah, well, I'll put money in the first fruits offering and next week I'll probably get a, a Learjet or a Mercedes-Benz. That, that, that's not what God says. It just means he'll bless you and you'll never do without. But you will be blessed, trust me. And so anyway, Julie's having this little bit of a whinge with God and God doesn't mind those personal discussions. We do that from time to time with God and uh, he always gives us, you know, some good direction, usually a slap up the back of the head as well, but that's all right. And so here's Julie, she's going, yeah, what's going on, God, and, you know, promise this. And so, uh, so in 2005, we're on the Sunshine Coast, and we bought a house. That's good, isn't it? You go, oh, that's an amazing story. 1991, 2005, wow. Gee, I think, where, where do I sign up? You know, how do I, how, how, don't you realise the rest of us did that as well? Well, okay. You probably did, and that's good, but understand this, we didn't go chasing after money. We chased after God, just as was said earlier on. We put God first, and then God said, okay, I'll bless you. So I remember I, I put an offer in on this house, and uh, it, was, it was not expensive back then. It was $435,000, and they knocked back the offer. So I got on a plane and did what I normally do. I went overseas. We painted some more churches. I came back, and as we were sitting having dinner on the Friday night, I felt God prompt me and say, put another offer in, but this time make it lower. So I did. I rang the guy. I said, come round, we want to put another offer in. He came round. You know, real estate agents, they love this, you know. He's excited. He jumped through the door, like, you know, wow, good to see you again. How much do you want to offer? I said, last time was 435, this time we'll offer 405. He didn't look so excited now. He goes, what? Like, they knocked back your last offer. I said, hey, my job's to make the offer. Your job is to deliver it. Here's my check. I wrote a check, realising we didn't have any money in the bank. Now, I know some of you are thinking that's illegal. It's not illegal until it gets to the bank. And I got faith that it'll be redeemed in time, OK? So work with me here, all right? And uh, I, as I said before, I'm still not perfect anyway. But t- anyway, so I gave him the check. He come, rings me back and says, nah, I told you, they, they're not interested. They, they knocked it back. I said to Jules... Let's just see what happens. So we finished our dinner and we're sitting there just having a chat as a family. You know what happens next, don't you? The phone rings. They're panicking. It's going to rain tomorrow at the auction. They've just accepted your offer for $405,000. So we bought a house for $30,000. You go, oh, well, that happens to lots of people. Well, yeah, that's true. This is not the end of the story, okay? 
So that's good. We keep paying a little bit of money on the house, and, uh, but we're serving God. We've got a mortgage of $395,000. I don't mind telling you that because I'll tell you the rest of the story as we go. 395 grand. It's not a lot today, but it was back then. And so we've got this mortgage and uh, we get the mortgage down, but then somebody had promised to put money into church planning and then the mortgage would go back up again. So we got into 2022, still owing $345,000. Now, I know you're saying this story is getting worse. You've had the house for 17 years and you've only paid 50 grand off it. No, I put God first. Julie put God first. We put God first in everything because we've got faith for this, okay? So that's the start of, uh, of 2022. Then in May, my father passes away. That's not a good part of the story, but he passed away. Small inheritance, got like 20 grand, we paid it off our mortgage. So now we owe 320, say. Then we get to August, and Julie and I are in a place called Cromwell in New Zealand with another friend of ours. And we're having lunch, and then God speaks to me. And I, they're looking at me like I'm a space cadet, because I'm going, it's like I saw lightning. <laughs> And they're going, what are you doing? And I'm going, God just said something. What did he say? I, I don't know. Just hang on a sec. So then I said, something to do with our mortgage, but I don't know what it, what it is. So, and I literally didn't have a clue. I just knew that God said something about our mortgage. So over the next two weeks, I kept praying and I felt God, not an audible voice, I just felt God say, you won't have a mortgage by the end of the year. So we just kept doing what we do, put God first. I said to Julie, wouldn't it be funny if on the 31st of December we didn't have a mortgage anymore. Well, here's the thing. We didn't wait till the 31st of of, uh, December. On November 22nd, I was on the ING site and I'm looking, I'm going, our second mortgage just disappeared. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm going, how's that? It's like $25,000 just disappeared. Now we only owe 300,000. Then on the 24th of November, I went back to look at the ING site just to see if the second mortgage had reappeared, you know, with interest. Now I had three mortgages, you know. I don't know, you know, I've got faith, but I just, I don't know what's going on. The first mortgage has disappeared. On the 24th of November, we didn't have a mortgage anymore. And you say, well, why are you telling me this story? Well, I'm not telling you that story so that when we take up the offering in a minute, you'll all lose your mortgages. That's not the point. The point here is this, that when you put God first, when you build his house, he will build your house. Now, I have to say, I did keep ringing the bank to make sure this was true and accurate. And I go in there and they go, yep. And I said, who paid it? We can't tell you. What country do they come from? Can't tell you. Doesn't appear. It's just disappeared. And I said, is this going to reappear? And they said, no, it's not going to reappear. Do you want the discharge papers? So we find the discharge papers and our mortgage was discharged in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> now, I'm telling you this because it's a test. You could go, oh, that didn't happen to me. Well, No, we all have different testimonies. I'm telling you our story so that you can see the principle of first. If you put God first and you go, but what if it hadn't happened? Well, it hadn't happened this time last year, so I didn't have the testimony, but I still put God first. It didn't happen five years before that when we were struggling to pay this bill or that bill, but here's the testimony. We still put God first. And if you will put God first, if you will do things like first fruits, if you'll give him the first 10%, if you'll put him first in every area of your life, then he will come and command the blessing in your life in Jesus' name. Amen? So we're pretty happy about that, by the way. So now, what we want to do is we want to help other people pay their mortgages off, starting with our kids and our team. So 
I've got a team of people. You're going to get to meet them in March. You know the guys you saw on the screen back last year? They're all going to be here with you, live, in the flesh. And they can tell you their story. I won't tell it for them. But here's the thing. I said at the end last year, just as this happened, and I'd been saying to them, declaring my mortgage will be gone, my mortgage or our mortgage will be gone, but I'm talking in the team meeting saying, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Then they saw it happen. And I said, now, some of you are going to get mortgages. And those that have a mortgage, they're going to disappear. Now, I'm talking about people in Uganda who are living on very small amounts of money. Nepal, Cambodia. But last week, in our team meeting, Alison, who you saw on the screen, she had a testimony about how God had just opened a door and blessed him. And they bought their first house in Uganda in Kampala. I love that. This is a missions organisation. Everyone thinks we should be poor. Everyone thinks, oh, you guys should just, you know, that's what happens. You know, when you do that, you just got to struggle through life. I want to tell you, none of us in this room need to struggle through life. No matter what your vocation, no matter what your call, God wants to bless you. You know, this Tuesday, there's going to be a second testimony as one of the young ladies on our team just bought a house and she'll share with the team about how God's... It's, it's a miracle. I've got to tell you, it's an absolute miracle. These miracles can happen all over the place, but this is how they happen. They happen when we understand the principle of first. I hope you can understand this. And so we're going to take up a, a love offering. Not a love offering. We're going to take up a first fruits offering. It is a love offering. A love offering for God. And that's the, 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 basically the, the last point I want to make is a first fruits offering. What's it about? Is it not just another offering? No, please, don't even go near it if you think that. A first fruits offering brings us into alignment with God. It's our way of saying at the start of the year, God, I bring my tithe. I do that. I'm, I'm faithful in the house. I'm generous. But at the start of this year, I want to declare that I put you first in every area of my life. But I want to do it firstly by showing I'm going to do something with, my, with what I have in my hand. I'm going to give it to you a first fruits offering. And you might ask this question. You might say, hey, tithing, first fruits, which am I supposed to do? So I'll give you the answer. Both. Because tithing is when we bring to God what belongs to him. Okay, we bring the tithe. We don't give it. You don't find anywhere in scripture it says give the tithe. It's always bring the tithe. It's the first 10% and it belongs to God. What we do beyond that is now our giving. It's where we say, God, I want you to multiply what I have. God will protect you when you bring your tithe. He will bless you. You'll walk in blessing. But if you want to see extreme multiplication, it happens when we sow over and above that. And a first fruits offering is simply that. It's us saying, God, I put you in charge of my financial circumstances. I put you in charge of my life. I put you in charge of my business. I put you in charge of, of our resources. And today I bring that offering to bless you. This is not to bless me. It's not to bless missions. This is not going to missions. It's, it, it, this is just simply us bringing this to God. It's the principle of first. So let me just ask you simply this. Is God first in your life? Or do you want him to be first in your life? Before we take up the offering, I want to ask this question for people on a level of relationship if you're here now and you're not walking with God maybe you've never walked with God you know about God 
but you've never said, God, I want to put you where you belong and call you number one. If that's you, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to pull you out the front here, but I want to pray for you where you are. Or maybe you've walked with God in the past, but you know that he's not number one right now and you need to get back on a right footing with him. I want to include you in the same prayer. So can I have every head bowed, every eye closed, just for one moment? If that's you, without any hesitation, if, you want, if you're not sure that God is number one in your life now, but you want to make him number one, you want to say, Jesus, I want you to lead me and guide me in my life. If that's you, can you raise your hand high just so I can see where you're seated? And then I'll, yep, straight in the middle there. Thank you, you can put your hand down over on the side there, down the front, up the back there. Fantastic. Anybody else, if you haven't raised your hand already, last time I'll ask. Yep, over the back there. Fantastic. That's seven or eight people have said, yes, I want to put God first in my life. I just want to pray this prayer right now. And uh, I want to just pray this prayer over you. You don't need to repeat it after me. But I want you to receive it if you just raised your hand. Lord, I thank you for these people in this great church. For those that raised their hands today, Lord God, who signified that they want to make you number one in their lives. They want to understand the principle of first in every area of their lives. And today, they declare and confess that they put you as number one. I pray that blessing would reign on their households, that you would lead them and guide them into the future that you have for them. Lord, I pray that everything they touch would prosper. Lord God, that they would know you intimately. They would know your friendship. They would know your lordship and they would know your leading. And so, Lord, I pray over them and their households that blessing would be their testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.